to see all of y'all. Turn to the person next to you and say hello.
the Savior of the world. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your faithfulness. God, thank you that we have a reason to sing. We have a reason to gather. That's because you came. You walked this earth. Knowing very well what your destiny would be, Father. The cross for each and every single one of us, God. God, and we don't want to keep the light of that truth and that reality hidden, God. We want to let the fact that what you did and what you've done in our lives, God, we want that to be a light that we share in this world, Father. So as we continue this series this morning, as we continue to, to open our heart to you and just press into you, Father, I just pray, Lord, that we would just be a people that not only just gather to encounter you in your presence, Father, but that we share that gift with this world through our lives, Lord. God, just meet with us, speak to us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to church today. We're glad that you're here on this beautiful Sunday morning as we gather to worship and praise the Lord and uh, just to, to be, uh, enjoy being with one another. Well, we just want to call your attention as always to checking in either on Facebook or some type of social media uh, that you use, whatever social media that you check in on. It's, uh, you know, can, uh, you'd be surprised how many people see those check-ins and say, wow, if they go there, maybe I should go there. And they say, wow, if they're going to church, maybe I should go to church. But anyway, uh, we're really uh, glad that each of you are here today. First time guests, we welcome you. Uh, we're glad that you chose to come to Salem Fields Community Church. You made a great decision this morning. And uh, we just love to get to know you a little better. As you leave today at the door, there's a table. It says first time guest, and we have a gift for you there. And we just like to uh, introduce ourselves at Salem Fields, give you a little information. We get a little information, and uh, we won't do anything crazy with that information. Just want to acknowledge that you were here, and, uh, and we're really glad that you're here. There's a connection card in the program. And if you've been attending Salem Fields for a while, you know the routine and the and why that credit, credit card, that connection card, yeah, I'm thinking about Christmas, I guess, but that connection card is in the program, and it's for you to share any information that you want or get any information you want, prayer requests, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we just want to be able to connect with you and meet uh, the needs that you may have. So let us know, and uh, we will do our best uh, to get back to you and meet those uh, needs that we may have. We're going to take our tithes and offerings at the next song. That's a very important time of worship for us here at Salem Fields or anywhere is when we give of our tithes and offerings to the Lord. That is uh, giving of the first 10% of all that God has blessed us with when we talk about the tithe. And uh, many of you tithe, and because of your tithing, uh, we were able to do our Christmas festival last night. We had a great time, had a great turnout, and uh, had lots of people interested in the church and talking about it. And, uh, you know, that's one way that we go tell it on the mountain at Salem Fields Community Church is through our outreach events. And we had some great conversations. The kids loved it. And uh, we thank all you volunteers that did that. We couldn't do it without, uh, without you, your giving, and we couldn't do that without your time and volunteering. And it was a great, great uh, community uh, event. Uh, I think it was Chris that shared. It was one uh, couple that said that their church does nothing with uh, outreach, and they were so excited that we did that for the community, and they were able to have that to be a part of, and uh, so we know that many people uh, came here last night 
and enjoyed themselves. And so thank you for that. Also, the women's night out is coming right up. Uh, so women, you're going to watch Christmas movies. I, we've been watching them Hallmark movies, man. Uh, and I'm telling you, honestly, I cried at one last night. And I said, what is happening to me? <laughs> I mean, good gracious. Anyway, uh, and they're going to eat cookies. I didn't eat cookies, but boy, I sure would have liked to have some cookies to go along with those tears. Uh, but it'll be a great time, and so we hope that, ladies, that you'll come and invite a, an unreached friend to come with you, someone that doesn't know Jesus or doesn't have a church, uh, to be a part of that. Our Christmas schedule is in the program. Uh, we, we get lit up around here at Christmas, and last night was the uh, first way that we did that is with our Christmas festival, and then we have our candles, uh, carols, candles, and communion, something like that, on Friday night, our Saturday night at 6 o'clock. It's in place of our Saturday night service. And it's a great time to come together and enjoy the traditions of Christmas. And uh, so invite a friend. You know, people love to come to church at Christmas. You know that, right? Uh, we'll fill this place up at Christmas. And uh, we do that because you invite your friends. And uh, the best way to invite someone to church is for you to go up to them and say, Hey, come to church with me on Christmas Eve. There are people that will come uh, if we'll just ask them. You know, that's the greatest tool that we have is saying to someone, I want you to come to church with me. Uh, we have a great sign out there, and it's got it on there, but, uh, and that'll attract a few people, but we'll get the most people when you invite them to come. So we do that. Let's fill this place up. We're going to preach the gospel and share the message, and people are going to give their life to Christ, and we're going to have a good time in doing that. So help us out. As I, I'm committed to inviting my friends, and I hope that you will commit to that as well. There's other things that are happening. It's all in your program. We are having our celebration service, one service after Christmas on the 29th, and we'll be doing baptisms, and uh, we'll be doing baby, 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 hey, baby, baby dedications. I'm lit, so I'm not talking very well. <laughs> uh, baby dedications, and we'll share communion together again, and uh, testimonies. Our celebration service is a great time, and so I hope you'll be a part of that. If you'd like to be baptized or have your baby dedicated, uh, just put that on your connection card. We'd love to do that as well. So our Thanksgiving offering. I told you I wasn't going to quit talking about that until we reach our goal. And uh, we're inching our way up. Our goal is 60000 and we have $44,057. And so we're just a, a little bit shy, and uh, it won't be long until we'll have that offering. And uh, we, are, we are already spending it, and so on good things, uh, on meeting people's needs here and around the world. Uh, you know, we do that in lots of different ways here locally, uh, in our, around our state. We uh, support ministry that goes on, and we support missionaries around the world through the Church of the Nazarene. And uh, so every dime that you give in that offering goes to someone else. And we're happy to do that and excited to do it every week uh, that we are able to do that. So thank you for that. We have a ministry going on in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. And I just loved getting that. Uh, you can see Salem Fields Ministry International end of the year love feast. Now that's James and Charity. Y'all remember James and Charity? For sure. We've been supporting them for years. They were here. He just went through the cancer surgery. Got, his, got better and now he's back in there. And the first thing he did a, couple, a week or so after he gets there is they're pulling uh, this off this year. The end. And what that means is they're going to celebrate Christmas with people who otherwise would not have nothing to celebrate Christmas with by providing food and and uh, entertainment and, and preach the gospel. And because you give in the Thanksgiving offering, 
you make that happen. So we really, really need everybody to participate to help us meet that goal. Thank you so much. All right, I'm just going to clarify, but he's lit on the Holy Spirit, okay? That's right, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell, uh, I'll tell you, from my opinion, it's a real man that can cry at a Hallmark movie. Man, I'm over there. I didn't That's want him to see. That's a real man. I didn't want him to see me crying. I'm over there like this. My respect for this man just notched up. It was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Actually, we fell asleep on it. <laughs> it was Alaska. There's one about they were in Alaska. Anybody else seen that one? <laughs> okay. It's almost like a country music song, though. You know how it's going to end, right? Yeah, we can write it. I mean, I was calling it before it happened. Anyway. You know how that goes. But Sorry. <laughs> it was candy-coated, and we had fun with it, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, okay, y'all. You've been here and hearing us talk about this transition for quite a while, haven't you? We led you through uh, the year, and we let you know everything. And uh, as time went on, we hit a few bumps along the way, and it caused a bit of a delay in the process. And so uh, I'm a firm believer in communicating well, and so that's what we want to do with you today to give you an update and to clarify and uh, simply to say what the process will be from here on for a little while and uh, what that will be is that the leadership board of Salem Fields Community Church will be continuing to interview candidates and then they will make a recommendation to you as the body uh, to vote on that person and uh, that will be coming in the near future. So It really is. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, I, I love to keep you informed. Um, so, in light of that, while they work on that process, uh, Buddy and I will continue to be your lead pastors through March 22nd. March 22nd. Wow. That's humbling. Thank you. I thought you'd be going, oh, no, throwing tomatoes. Yeah. Can't they get out of here? <laughs> but, uh, you guys, uh, we're just, then in March... When that process is completed and our date is nearing and we're seeing the horizon, uh, we'll all celebrate, right? Party we'll, time. All we'll all celebrate. Yes. And I'm going to talk about more about that this morning, about getting lit so party time. You guys will promise that you will continue to stand in the gap. Let's make these the best days. Let's make these next three months the best days. Let's reach as many people as we can for Christ, and that will be the greatest celebration that we can have over the next three months. So invite your friends to Christmas Eve, and we'll get them lit. Yeah, we'll get them lit. All right. Thank you. She forgot. <laughs> it's on me, y'all. I looked at my district superintendent, and he said, do you want me to pray? And I said, I am so sorry. I totally forgot. So this is our district superintendent, Phil Fuller. He is here to uh, pray for us, and thank you so much for being here, thank Phil. You. And my apologies. No, no, no problem. No problem. We all love gay, right? It's all good, right? Now... I do need to have a conversation with Buddy about his man card, though. I do. I do think we got we got to have a talk about that. Um, no, it's good. I'm glad you like the Hallmark movies. I really am proud of you, Buddy. Really proud. Uh, I uh, I'm here today because uh, for a living, 
As a district superintendent, I work with churches during these times of transition, and there are a hundred of those churches of the Nazarene here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and Salem Fields is one of them. And so for the last several weeks, uh, I've been meeting with uh, leaders here and with your church board members, and uh, so God has been meeting with us in some really special ways, and I want to tell you a little bit about that, but I need your help to do something. I know that Buddy and Gabe mentioned that we're going to celebrate well, and there's going to be at the right time a little party to help us celebrate all that Buddy and Gay have meant and have done for Salem Fields Community Church. They have established a vision, planted seeds that have grown into this amazing ministry. And, uh, you know, I just think that it's always good to affirm and congratulate and celebrate. And even though this isn't the party day, I think it'd be all right to give God some praise. Now, wait just a second. I would really like for Buddy and Gay to stand, if you would. Would you stand, please, and face these good people? And would you guys give it up for the way they serve the Lord? All, all in favor of giving Buddy his man card back, say aye. Aye. You got it back, buddy. You're good. You're good. There's another group of people that I really want us to say thank you to. And actually, I wish they were all in the room, but some of them are in the room, but many of them are actually in their places where they're serving. And that is the incredible staff that God has blessed Salem Fields Community Church with. I can't imagine going through a transition like this without these gifted, talented, spirit filled and, uh, and committed people. And so I know that they're not in the room, although not all of them are, but if you're a member of the staff, would you just stand for a moment? If you're here in the room, I see Howard back there, several others back on the, up there, a couple up here. And this is loud enough for everybody to hear. We, we really, really are blessed. And then uh, over these last several weeks, I've had the privilege of working very closely with the leadership board, and some of them are here. I'd like for them to stand if they're here in the room. Not all of the board members are in this service, but if they're able, we have four or five here. Yeah. Thank you. These, these are spirit-filled, godly leaders. I'm grateful to work with them. We've met, uh, we've gotten really acquainted really well because we've been meeting almost every week, like I said, so we're on a really good first name basis now, and, uh, and I just got to tell you, there have been some key moments along the way in our meetings when God has shown up in some really remarkable ways, and uh, we had a season of prayer a couple of weeks ago before we did any other business that God just kind of showed up. I've just got to tell you, I'm, I'm really sanctified proud of Buddy and Gay, of the staff, of these board members, yay God, yay God. This, yeah, go ahead. So the church is in good hands because it's in, in good people's hands like that. And then the truth is you, you are the members and friends of Salem Fields Community Church. And really I'm coming to you today in part to say we need you. We've always needed you. We can't do this without you. And at a certain spot, whenever it's time to recommend, whether it's co-pastor or an individual to be the pastor, we're going to need your help because we can't make him the pastor. It requires a vote of the members to do so, as Gay explained.
So uh, in the meantime, as the board is working on all those details, you know what we need? We need a whole army of praying people. People who would help us make sure that it's not our agenda, but it's God's agenda, making sure that it's whatever God wants. And that's what we're trying to do, and that's why we're committed to it. So I just want to say thank you for praying. And, uh, you know, it would really encourage me if you would promise to be praying for those in leadership, not only Buddy and Gay, not only the staff, but also these board members and myself. Would you just lift your hand up real quick so we know? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. It's a privilege for me to pray. And, Buddy, I got so inspired in the first service with you talking about your Thanksgiving offering that I went out there and, and emptied part of a credit card in there to help you. Now, it's not going to make too much change on the zeros and everything, but if we all did something, God would be honored by it. And I'm excited about this church, how this church has always been generous, and I want to invest in it myself. So could I pray for us along that line, please? Father, thank you so much for your amazing love. And when we put everything into contrast we see how good you are and how gracious you've been to us, and we say thank you for how you have touched our lives and blessed us. And we have opportunity now in return to give back to you. And this, some of this is the kind of stuff we're talking that goes beyond what might be some kind of duty or obligation. This is just a generous love gift above and beyond to help the mission of God around the world. So we thank you, Father, that you would help us to be generous to a fault and that you would bless us in return. We pray, Father, for this church during this season of transition. We really are counting on you, and we want to see God sightings along the way where we know your hand has been there clearly to guide us. So that's our prayer, and we'll just keep bringing it to you. And then, Father, today, through Gay, I already know you're going to use her to bring an incredible word that points to you and I pray, Lord, that our hearts already will be receptive to receive whatever it is you have in store for us because you're a good, good father and you love us deeply. We pray all of this in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Night of wonders still in silence Heaven's brilliance from above, light of glory, pierce the darkness, mercy pierce my heart with love. This is Jesus, King of glory, here to
uh, last night I saw Chris at the festival and she said, I got lit. <laughs> That's one way to get lit. And I'm going to talk to you today about three ways that you can get lit this Christmas. How about that? I'm not sure if you've ever heard a message like this at Christmas time. But then again, you've probably never seen a series that was called Get Lit at Christmas, right? But there's definitely three ways that we can choose one of those three ways uh, of getting lit this Christmas. Well, I planned an end of the year staff meeting and uh, we, we were going out to a friend's lake house and I decided, you know what, instead of doing business, I just want to kind of connect in relationships. I'm a relationship person. I believe that's what the gospel message is all about, relationship with God and relationship with others, relationship with yourself. And so I thought, why not just sit by the fire out at the lake house with the staff? And I had this little game, and it had some cards on it, and uh, it had questions. And so we went around the circle of the staff, and we asked each other these questions, and it, it caused all of us to have to, to go kind of this thoughtful place and, and reflective place and kind of answer a question that was asked by that card. So we did that and we went around the staff and surely, sure enough, we learned to know each other a little bit better and it was really, really nice. And then we loaded up on the van and we went out to Tim's. Anybody go to Tim's Seafood out at Lake Anna? Oh yeah, it's a good place. And uh, we, had, we had lunch generously paid for by someone who attends here. I don't think they're here this weekend. But uh, we say thank you to them because it was just such a, a wonderful morning that we had together and we connected. And uh, the staff says thank you to that family that did that for us. Well, the staff left and our family came back to the lake house. And uh, I thought, what, what better way than with a family to do the same thing? to take those cards, and I had planned to do this at Christmas time, but we did it kind of early. We took, each one of us took a card, and we began to answer the questions on that card. Well, I'm going to tell you the card that I got and how I answered that question. My card was, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your life? Now, the card said in the past year, but immediately, this was, Jackson was the one that was sitting beside me. He's my 13-year-old grandson. And, and uh, I said, well, I don't know what the biggest mistake in my life in the past year is, but it didn't take me long to know what the biggest mistake was that I had made in my life. And I went back to the moment, and I told you about this one. Remember when I told you my first experience with alcohol was with Boone's Farm apple wine? <laughs> you got a chuckle out of that, didn't you? Well, it was. And I went back to that and I said, you know, the biggest mistake that I ever made in my life was in my late teens and my early adult years to involve myself in things that broke God's heart. And so I went back to that moment and uh, Jackson looked at me and he said, well, you mean you ate the devil's lettuce, right? And I said, where did that come from? The devil's lettuce, but I can't think of anything better to label it than I involved myself with the devil's lettuce. And I went back and I, 
I looked at that time, and I, like I said, I shared that with you. I was a freshman in college, had never tasted alcohol before, and, and basically, when, when I tasted that, it lit up my let's party spirit. And I looked at that moment, and I said, I believe that was the moment that my spirit began to dim. Because for the next few years, I was influenced by the hip, cool crowd, and uh, I kind of lived for the weekends to just party. Sure, I got my degree, you know, went to class. I was able to do that. But, you know, I also, you know, I, I thought, well, this is, this is fun, but there was a huge downside to it as well. There were the mornings after that I was dragging. I'd get up and have to go to class, and it was miserable Monday morning. And then there was the guilt, because when I'd lay my head down at night, I knew that the life that I was living was not what God would have for me, but I'd get up the next day, and I'd numb my conscience, and I'd do it all over again. And there were these moments where I wondered, is this really how fun and feel good is supposed to work? And I'm a thinker, and so I began to think about that. And, you know, in my alone times when it was just me and God, I began to kind of process that and say, what do I do with that? Now, there are lots of views on alcohol. And I can tell you, even in Christian circles today, there are all kinds of views, there are all kinds of definitions, all kinds of ideas and thoughts on alcohol. And clearly... The Bible does not say to abstain from wine or alcohol. What it teaches is moderation and not to get lit, which means drunk, right? That's what the Bible teaches. Now, the Church of the Nazarene, the denomination the, in, in the manual, it's, it calls for people to, to have total abstinence. That's another view on alcohol. Now, when I grew up, there wasn't any alcohol in my home, and actually, we were taught against it. And my dad said, he came up with this thing that he said, well, the wine in the Bible was not fermented. That's what I learned. And uh, I think he didn't, he had to kind of rationalize why Jesus drank wine, because he was saying that wine can't intoxicate you, but clearly, wine did intoxicate people in the Bible. We know people got drunk, right? And so I'm not sure that he was completely accurate about that. So what I'm saying here is there are a lot of views, what the Bible says, what a, a denomination might say, what my dad said, what your parents said, what you learned about it, and all of us bring that together. And that also goes back to the key verse that Buddy gave us last week for this series. And here it is. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, alcohol's a drug, and because of that, it has power. It has, it's a, it's a spirit, you know, we call it spirits, the spirits. And it has power to light you up the world's way, right? It has power to light you up, it did me. And so that's the first way that I want to give you the choice that you have this Christmas, 
is the, a way that you can get lit is by the world's way. Now, here's the thing. Anything that God offers in life, the world will offer you a counterfeit, right? So God offers us the Holy Spirit. The world will offer you other kinds of spirits to get lit. And counterfeits will always make empty promises. God, on the other hand, will keep every promise that he ever makes. And so that's kind of what we're looking at here. Alcohol gives this physical, and I'm speaking from experience here, alcohol gives you this euphoric feeling that you can kind of conquer the world, yet it's a depressant. Did you realize that? It, it promises this, but it really is this. And it can turn insecurity into confidence. I had someone tell me one time that he had to have nerves in a bottle to go home at Christmas time. And I, I knew what that meant. But that's, what it, that's why it can easily be abused. Again, remember that the Bible does not speak against total abstinence. It says moderation, and it says don't get drunk. But it can be easily abused. Now, drug experts say, and of course I've been working with this for many, many years, they say that alcohol is the most dangerous drug on the earth. Isn't that amazing? And I think it's because of, of the, um, the seductive quality to deceive and to use denial to trick a person into thinking that everything is okay. In Proverbs, it says, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived, not wise. Remember, we have the option, one of the ways of getting lit this Christmas is the world's way, with a physical spirit that will give us a euphoric feeling for a while. Now, this great debate, really, we can get in conversations till Jesus comes, and there's going to be a huge debate on this whole idea of alcohol. And it won't go away anyone in, anytime soon. Every one of us gets to decide what we're going to believe about it and how we're going to talk about it. I can tell you after those years of my life that I came to a place in my life where, quite honestly, I just didn't want the hassle that went along with it. I didn't like how it was affecting my life and what I had to deal with, with the, the guilt and the, the morning after and the, everything that went along with it, the impact that it had on relationships. And quite honestly, I got mad within myself that I was depending on something to feel good. And that I was depending on something to have a good time. That made me mad at myself. I thought, why do I need to have that? And so this idea of a natural high came to me, and I thought, I wonder what it would be like to be able to have fun and to have pleasure and not have to have a substance. I thought, why couldn't, why couldn't I live that in my life? And so the second way that we can get lit is with a natural high. 
And so I began to pursue that, and I began to ask myself some questions. And I came to, I was really curious, because that's who I am, I'm a thinker, and I love to grow, and I don't like to stay right where I am, and so I asked myself challenging questions, and I'm willing to go through the pain of whatever it takes to change. And so I went into that place at that period of time in my life. And I personally, and again, I'm telling you, this is my personal journey. It's not one I'm telling you that you have to take. I'm just saying that we have options. I personally made a decision at a point in my life from this scripture right here. I wanted, it says, so flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the, the Lord from a pure heart. And there was a moment in my life after this journey, and I was about, I was married, I already had a child by this time, and I wanted I wanted more than anything a clear head and a sound mind and a pure heart. That was my goal. That's what I wanted. And I didn't want to have to have any substance in my life that was going to create that for me because I knew that those substances were not sustaining, that there would come a time that I had to deal with the downside. And so personally, I decided that's what, where I'm going to head. And that means that God's probably going to have to change me from the inside out, and I'm probably going to have to deal with some times that are difficult, but that's what I wanted, and that's what I pursued. So at 26 years old, I gave my whole life to God, and I bowed down, and I said, God, my life, you, you are, the Holy Spirit is now in charge of the direction of my life, and that every morning I'll submit and surrender to you, because the Bible says that I can be drunk on the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want for my life. So I, I did that. Last week, Buddy talked about it. We call that sanctification, where you give your whole life and you say, God, you are the king. You are in charge. You are my, my guide, my direction. And no matter what pain I have to go through, no matter what I have to go through, you're going to transform me from the inside out. And that's what I wanted. You see, I'm a thinker. I'm a teacher, so I wanted to grow. So I began to ask myself these challenging questions like, why do I need something to help me feel happy? Why do I need something to make me feel free and confident for a moment that will cheat me and lie to me? Why do I need something? Why, why am I choosing to get lit the world's way? Could I go for one year without it? Well, that's what I decided to do. I just wanted to see what God was going to do in my life. And so the counterfeit spirits, you see, don't maintain a euphoric spirit. But for those filled with the Holy Spirit... It does. It's sustaining. There's a light that will not go out. And that's the light I wanted because the light of my spirit had been dimming. The light of my spirit had been, had been leaving me. And so I wanted to regain the light, the true light 
that would never go out, that would have lasting joy and lasting hope and lasting peace. And that's what happened to the people in Acts, in Acts 2, 1 through 18, if you'll read it today at some point. These were people that were waiting around and they said, what, what, what's going to happen? And then the fire of the Lord came down. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And some people, a lot of people thought they were drunk. In fact, in, it says in uh, 2.13, some made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Well, no, they didn't. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it was a spirit that was sustaining, that would never go out. It wasn't going to be the next morning. It was like, boom, they sunk, and then they had to have that, that physical spirit. No, this was the Holy Spirit. And here's what began to happen to me when I pursued that. When I allowed God to begin to change me and take me through a place that was a little painful for me because I had to give up some things that I didn't, that I really, really enjoyed and things that I liked. Well, my heart... And my mind began to change. My heart and my mind began to be transformed. And my eyes began to open to the empty promises of the lifestyle that I was living and the negative effects that it was having on my life. And I looked around and I saw the toll that it had taken on people that I loved. In fact, some of the people in my life, it killed. And I said, why would I want to attach myself to something that does that? I saw the consequences of what it had done to me. I didn't like that. And I thought, why would I want to connect with something that has brought me unnecessary harm and that has caused so much havoc? And so I began to really ponder on that. And then when I became a leader in, in the church, I didn't have a conviction that you can't have a drink of wine, but I knew that I was a leader, and I knew that people were watching me, and I knew I had influence other people. And so I decided to just do away with it. That was my personal decision. I am not telling you what to do. Everybody needs to be on this journey themselves, but everybody needs to be on the journey. And everybody needs to be pursuing what God would have for your life and thinking in terms of what it means to get lit the world's way, what it means to get lit a natural way. I want to talk about that a little bit. A natural high. Because I began to pursue that. And I wanted, I wanted a life that had a clear head and a pure heart. And so I did away with the substances. And I said, I want to know what a natural high is, to be able to enjoy and have pleasure in life without any substances at all. And I can tell you, I knew the exact moment after years when I had reached my goal. I had told Buddy, I said, Buddy, if you can ever score me some Elton John tickets, I'll do whatever you want. Now, a husband is waiting to hear that from his wife. <laughs> Elton John tickets, that's what my guy. I grew up listening to Elton John. He was my number one guy, still is to a certain degree. I know, I know the lifestyle and the whole thing. Didn't care about that back in those days. But we drove in. We did a little road trip, went to Chicago. And uh, we drove into Chicago, and I had told him this. We got to our hotel room, and he started scrambling. He started trying to find when we could go to an Elton John concert. 
And would you know that Elton John and Billy Joel were right there in Wrigley Field in Chicago? Are you kidding me? So he called Ticketmaster, couldn't get tickets there, and they said, just come down to the box office. We got tickets on about the 10th row. I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Billy Joel, Elton John, I'm right there with their pianos. Now, that may not mean a thing to you, but that's my, that's my gig right there. So we go into Wrigley Field. Buddy and I had a pure heart, a clear mind, no substances. I look all around Wrigley Field, and they're my tribe. They're the boomers. <laughs> there are some young people there, and they're having a good time, you know. And, but it seemed like everybody there was, was either stoned or drunk. <laughs> you know, those concerts, right? Or whatever else they were on. And here was Buddy and I. But when Elton John came out in his first song, he hit those keys, and he played your song, which is my song. He wrote that for me. When he played that, I thought I'd faint. And I stood there in a moment looking around at Wrigley Field. And I said, I've attained my natural high. That's the second way I'm telling you that you can get lit this Christmas. You can pursue getting lit the world's way or you can pursue a natural high. But a natural high, listen to me, a natural high is lit but it still isn't get lit God's way, okay? It's good, it's fantastic. It's a good thing because it eliminates substances and it finds pleasure in other things, healthy things like photography or sports or riding in 35 degree weather with your top down, ooh, wonderful. Or traveling or running or CrossFit or hunting. We can have those wonderful activities. But the natural, what happens is there's a natural chemical of dopamine when we have pleasure that's released in our brain. This is what happens with a natural high. And we get a euphoric, pleasurable feeling. And that's the way God designed for a brain to work. For that dopamine to be released in our brains to find pleasure, but that still isn't how to get lit God's way because we're still pursuing pleasure. It's still about just feeling good. And oftentimes we can exchange a hit of dopamine for another substance. Are you following me? Dopamine can become our feel-good, natural high. Nothing wrong with that. And it's lit. It's, it's fantastic. But like my friend Kevin says, it's lit. But a human can live a healthy, natural high life and still not be lit God's way. And this is the third way. Let me explain this. By calling attention to some smelly, uneducated, unlikely, uncommon, forgotten people who got lit God's way. I'm talking about the people who God chose to announce Christ's birth to first. 
he must have really trusted them. He must have seen them as the most unlikely, which is one thing I love about God, is that he chooses those who others would never choose. Like David, when others saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. He didn't have any titles, didn't have any letters in front of his name, but God always calls the most unlikely. Those people that you would never guess God would use through. And it's what he did here to reveal and announce the birth of the greatest event that ever happened on the face of the earth, Christ's birth. And who was it that he announced that to? The shepherds, stinky, smelly, uneducated people. There they were. They were in darkness. It was night. And they were doing what they had done day after day after day after day. They were tending to dumb, smelly sheep in a messy world. Messy conditions. The least likely people that anyone would ever think God would choose to hear about the greatest event on earth. And here's what happened. The sky lit up. The darkness was split by light, and there were angels there, and the shepherds were like, what, what, what? What's going on? Because certainly, I would think initially, they wouldn't think this was God calling them, because why would God call on them? He calls on kings. He calls on people that are different than they were. But the heaven, the light split the darkness, and you know what happened? The shepherds got lit God's way. They got lit God's way. Let's read this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, you don't have to be afraid. It's kind of like when Jesus was asleep in that boat and the storm came up and the disciples were scared to death and they said, Jesus, and Jesus said, you don't need to be afraid. Right in smack in the middle of a storm, right smack in the middle of something that you don't understand, that doesn't seem that it's going the way that you want or that's messed up in your life, Right in the middle of that, Jesus says, I love this, because I take it literally, you don't have to be afraid. I don't need a confident substance to tell me that. Jesus tells me that. The holy light, the heavenly light tells me in the middle of this storm, in the middle of what, can I have that picture again? In the middle of what you don't know, in the middle of that, when you see something or something's derailed, you don't have to be afraid. Because Jesus said to the disciples in the boat, there's a miracle on the shore. So just wait it out. You don't need to be afraid. 
So back to the scripture, it says, don't be afraid. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. See, the, the messengers are telling the shepherds this. This will be a sign to you that you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. I mean, don't you think the shepherds were going like, what? (laughs) But they were getting lit God's way. There were angels that lit the sky with the heavenly light, and it was a sustaining light that would never go out, like the one in Acts 2, where I don't know if you remember that, but when the fire came down, the fire of the Holy Spirit came down, it was fire, but there was a huge wind that was blowing around. It's kind of like last night at the festival when we had a huge wind going around and around, but the, but the fire pit fire did not go out. This is a flame that cannot be taken out by the wind and the waves and the storms. This is a... St- sustaining fire of joy and peace and love as you're going through those difficult times, as you're going through those wonderful times. This is a light that never goes out. It's not just so we can feel good, but it's there to sustain us through anything, the good, the bad, through everything, the injustice, the hurt, the pain. It's an everlasting, eternal, and always available, get lit, light. And then the angel went away. And there they were with what do we do now? Well, Those unlikely, stinky, uneducated ones that God chose, they chose to respond to what they had just seen and heard. They chose to respond. They didn't just go to church and leave. They decided that what they heard and what they saw, they were going to put into practice. And so they responded to what had just happened to them. And here's our example. And my prayer is that we would mirror the response of the dirty, stinky shepherds that God chose to reveal the greatest message. And we're hearing that here today. They responded to being filled on the inside with the Spirit of God. And they set an example for all of us. First of all, they received it. They were vulnerable They had an open mind. They had an open heart that maybe there was something within them that they did not see or understand, but they were willing to allow God's light to transform and change them. They had an open mind to other things that they had closed their minds to, that they received it. And then they responded in wonder and amazement. I was out here last week and the Rastigary boys, as a family, they decided to do church out in that little lobby area. And I said to the boys who are small, I said, you guys waiting for Santa Claus? And all three of them lit up like I've never seen before. You know that anticipation and that wonder that a child has at Christmas? Do we as believers have that kind of wonder and amazement like a child? Or has life done a number on us to where we let our children have that? But we're not childlike within us, with the glow and the light 
of the Holy Spirit. They, they were in wonder. And they were excited that God was up to something new. And you know what they did then? They stepped out. They stepped out into the unknown. They weren't timid. They pursued Christ. That's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, is that it's not a spirit of timidity. It's not a spirit of insecurity. It's not a spirit of anything other than boldness in the Holy Spirit. Believers should be the most confident people in the face of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, of the earth because, because of the Holy Spirit that burns within us, that lights everything around us. And that's exactly what they did. And they humbled themselves. And they bowed down. And they worshiped. Do we see that among ourselves? Bowing down. Worshiping. But sometimes I think, well, let's sing that song. And it's a pretty song. Or let's listen to that prayer. It's a good prayer. Let's sit in my seat and do church. Or is this something that is burning so brightly that you can't help but tell? Because that's what happened to the shepherds. They moved from wonder to worship to they went out and they shared what they'd seen and what they heard. The shepherds got lit from God himself and they became witnesses Imagine God trusting stinky shepherds. Wow. That means he'll trust me. I'm no better than a stinky shepherd. And he has, and I'm so honored that he would. They got lit. They were filled with him, and they could not help but tell others about what they'd seen and about what they'd heard. Because they changed from the inside out. They didn't need any substances. They were transformed. That's what I wanted in my life. That's what I've seen at 67 years old. That's what I've seen in my life from the day I knelt down at 26 and have pursued this Holy Spirit to a place that I now get to live in the middle of a storm, free of fear. Is there sadness? Of course. Will bad things happen? Of course. We live in a fallen world. But my spirit is free. And that's what I wanted all along, even when I was a teenager. You see, when we get lit with the light of heaven, we can't help but shine in a darkened world. And that light, you know, people say, well, I'm burned out. Well, that light never burns out. What's burned out? That light never burns out. For those of us that are celebrating Christ's birth this season, is our response mirroring the humility of the shepherds? Well, I want to take you back to the lake house. And I was, as I was sitting there with Jackson, my 13-year-old grandson, and he had just said to me, well, you ate the devil's lettuce. And his grandmother had to say, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. But we had the most beautiful conversation about choices and about consequences because I was honest with him. And I was open with him. And I've repented of that. And I've asked the Lord to forgive me of that. But I will use that to help my grandson or anyone else because God has changed me. 
and I see the world in a completely different way. And I asked Jackson, and this is how your children are watching, because my family is very connected with what happens here. I said, Jackson, this series, Get Lit, what does it mean to you? Because I was sitting there, and I wasn't inspired yet for this message, and I always spend time with the Lord, and I ask the Lord to inspire me from his spirit about what the people uh, would need to hear, what he would have me to speak on. And so I asked Jackson, I said, what are your thoughts about this Get Lit series? And it didn't take him long at all. He said, well, I, I, can, I can draw it a lot better than I can say it. And that's how Jackson is. And so in about five minutes, he drew this. And he said, I want you to look at the top there where all of that comes together. There's a flame. And I think what Jackson did here was simplified it down for us here today. We may not be shepherds, and you may not be able to see this very well, but I'm going to tell you what he wrote up in those two sections. First of all, on the left there, it says, having hope in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what happened to the shepherds when they got lit. That's what happened to me when I got lit by the Holy Spirit. And the other side says, being a light and illuminating that hope or that faith in Jesus on others. I think my grandson has captured it. And quite honestly, that's all that matters to me. If I can pass the faith along to my family members and they continue to take it out into a dark world for their generation, everything else that God does and has done is a bonus. There's three ways to get lit. The first one is the world's way. The second one is a natural high, which is beautiful, but it's with dopamine. And it's not God's way, but the third way is to get lit by the Holy Spirit, God's way. And what the, what the shepherds did, oh, to be a stinky, lowly shepherd who bowed down and worshiped. Let's do that now. Let's stand together. Joy to the world, 
worship the sun. This is Christmas. This is Jesus. He made you He with us and all the world. We have a Savior. We have a Savior. spoken to you tonight, today, I just want to encourage you, if you've never been lit, never allowed the light of Jesus Christ to enter into your life and, and chase out the darkness of sin that we're all born with, we need to be forgiven, we need, a, we need a Savior, we need a light, and that light, the Holy Spirit moves in when we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior and seek forgiveness of our sins. If you're here today and the light of Jesus is not in your heart, never expressed your desire for him to be your savior You've never experienced the forgiveness of sin and the joy that comes in knowing that all of your sins are forgiven the cast as far as the east is the west never to be remembered against you it'll change your life it'll change your Christmas <laughs> so if you're here today and you've never experienced that light, the light of forgiveness that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, would you pray this prayer with me 
Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You just pray that. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And you just simply say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. And then you invite him into your life, into your heart to be your Savior. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Savior, to be my light, to chase out sin in my life by the blood of Jesus. Then you thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you'd say, buddy, I prayed that today. I believe that God has forgiven me by faith. I trust that he has forgiven me. It's not the prayer that forgives you. It's Jesus. And so today, if you believe that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins and the light of the world has moved right into your life, would you just, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just slip up your hand? Anybody like that today? Say, I prayed that prayer. Yep, I see your hand in the back. Yep, yes, sir, I see your hand. Yes, sir, in the back. God bless you. God bless you. I invite you to go out to the table as you leave today. If you've never stopped at that table, never really experienced the forgiveness of your sins and you want to know just a little bit more about it, we have a little something out there that will help you. If you'll just stop there with a the pastor there, just take a minute. He'll talk to you about that or she, and you'll be blessed. Maybe you're here today in the light of Jesus. You've asked God to forgive you of your sins. I mean, he's forgiven you and you know that. But you know that you know that you just know that something is missing in your life and you know there's no power. You know, and you know, you're kind of shy about your faith and you sit back and you still struggle. You know, I call that the yo-yo time of my Christian where my Christian life where one day I'm high, one day I'm low. One day I'm living righteous, next day I'm back in the same mud and, and dung of the world. And that light of Jesus wants to fill our hearts to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to sanctify us, set us apart, to be used of God, to give us power to live in victory over sin and darkness. And that light's available to us this morning. If you're here today and you'd say, buddy, would you pray for me? I really need, I really need him to be Lord. I need to surrender my life to him. I need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit today. If that's you and you say, would you just pray for me as you close out today, buddy, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed and no one looking around. Would you just slip up your hand? Anybody like that today? Yeah, I see your hands. God bless you. All over. Anybody else? You can put them right back down. Anybody else? Yeah, I see your hand. Wow. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Yes, I see your hand in the back, sir. So what I'm going to do right now, if you, if you raised your hand today and I really want us to pray for you and I want you to understand and receive that power today and you can do it right there in your seat by surrendering to him but we're going to sing maybe another verse of this song or the chorus or something I don't know what we sing when we do that again but whatever that is and if you'd like to just make your way up to front today and just pray and kneel and step out and say you know what I'm going to be bold today I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit much like those guys did and those ladies did in that upper room when the fire of the Holy Spirit fell upon them and receive all that God has for you I want to invite you up front today and Gay's going to pray for you as we close out today remember you don't have to come here but it's a great place to come and, and 
and you can do it right there in your seat. But I just wanted to invite you to do that today, okay? God bless you. Come up here with me. I'd love to pray for you. The Spirit doesn't give a spirit of timidity, but boldness. And that's what I've asked the Lord for in my life. And as I go into the next chapter of my life, I want to live out that boldness for Him. That's all I care about. Come on up. If you raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Come on. Be bold. Thank you. Be bold for the Lord. Be a light in a dark world. This is Jesus, Emmanuel, he with us, tell all the world, we have a Savior, we have a Savior, cause we are no longer lost, cause he has come down for us, we have a Savior, we have a Savior. sustaining that cannot be blown out. God, I want that in my life. I want to be a light in a dark world for you. And God, I pray for each person here this morning, those online, those that are worshiping you around this community and around the world, Lord. May we be the light that you've called us to be. You didn't call us to be timid or insecure. You called us to be bold because of you. And the confidence that we have is because of you, Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit empowering us. So, Father, as we go from this place today, we have declared we will be a light for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.